Hey guys, Brandon Lewis here. Seven big stories you will not get anywhere other than at the Tennessee Conservative, the volunteer state's largest conservative news alternative. You are in the right place. And we are bringing you stories this week about, drumroll please, Facebook censoring conservative news story, calling it hate speech, but it's anything but sexual harassment claims on expenditures still kept secret as accused representative is replaced. What's Cameron Sexton hiding? Covenant School files motion to intervene in release of Shooter's Manifesto, and I don't think it has anything to do with the schematics of the school. Personal opinion. Lee signs pair of Memphis FedEx forum tax capture extensions. Nothing in the world that we like better here in the volunteer state than good old-fashioned corporate welfare. Uh, we're going to look at Lee signing teacher pay increase, but an end to automatic due payments. We are going to uh, look at Tennessee Commission on Children and Youth Report showing one in five kids live in poverty. And finally, Lee signs a bill restricting foreign ownership of Tennessee land. I can't believe it after Gary Hicks tried to kill the bill that it finally made it across the finish line. This is Brandon Lewis with the 10Con Big 7 Weekend Update where we bring you the news that other outlets will not and we do it in such a concise and entertaining fashion that you will be the most educated conservative you know, and you can uh, harass, harangue, and otherwise shame all of your other friends who claim to be conservatives yet, for whatever reason, have no idea what's going on in their state government. Before we get into the news stories, and I'm going to make a special pitch to follow us on social media on other platforms in just a moment, and you will understand why. I want to get into the mailbag, baby. I was camping last weekend out deep in the Cherokee wilderness with my uh, two beautiful children, one of my very best friends and his child, and it was blissful, but it was a lot of work. Oh, Lord, it was a lot of work. Probably about 16 hours of packing and unpacking. Had a great time. Uh, out there, my beautiful wife joined me for Mother's Day, picked up the darling children after we had a celebratory uh, get-together, uh, although the stakes may have gone bad in the cooler. That is the risk you run on a long, primitive camping trip out in the middle of nowhere, but we saw lots of beautiful sights, uh, and we had a good time, and so I was not here last week as Adelia uh, masterfully and uh, and just efficiently and professionally brought to you the Big Seven, but I do understand that some of you have a preference for old Lou Dog here, and so I'm going to bring those to you. But before we do, let's get into ye oldie mailbag. And sometimes I have to scratch notes on these because people just send me very little, uh, very short notes along with donations, which we desperately need and appreciate. Here's one. Thank you for all that you do. Uh, the Gibsons. There's just a little note in there. Notes. <clears throat> May 2. 2023. We're a little behind on the mailbag. Dear Brandon, thanks for all you do. Keep up your good work sincerely. Jeannie, uh, I ask God to remind you that tough times never last, but faithful people do. Faithful people like you. Sometimes faith will make you look stupid until it starts to rain. Noah. Uh, and so there's a wonderful inspiration here. Uh, PTL. I think my wife wrote that on there. Maybe we don't know who that came from. Thank you, PTL. Oh, there's something on the very back. Dear Brandon and staff, thank you for all that you do to bring truth and sense to some kind of order out of the mess we call uh, today. We really value and appreciate all the effort, time, sacrifice, and thought you invest into the Tennessee Conservative. I love listening to your weekly podcast, you and five other people. Thank you, and look forward to hearing it every Friday. Do not grow weary in doing good, for I, on due Susan, we will reap. Galatians 6.9. Thank you very much. I appreciate you so much. I've uh, got another note here. Let's see who it's from. Last one. 
Uh, I really appreciate the Tennessee Conservative. Thank you, Billy. Well, that's very nice. Thank you, Billy. All right, guys, I appreciate you sending those notes of encouragement. Boy, that's about all we run on over here sometimes. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you, thank you. All right, let's get right into it. You often hear me speaking about, talking about reasons, reasons that we should abandon you oldie Facebook, and I have not seen a better one lately, although I'm sure I will be surprised. We will probably not have a Facebook page very much longer. That would be my guess. First story, Facebook censors conservative news story, calls it hate speech. I just can't believe growing up, uh, it was pounded into my head as a student of civics, American civics, and Western civilization, and at the time, Alabama state history, that free speech is like a tenant, a foundational pillar, but not apparently in the Orwellian state that we live in now, uh, the People's Communist Republic of Big Tech. Here we go. Last week, Facebook censored an article from the Tennessee Conservative and prevented it from being shared on its platform for stating it was hate speech. Had nothing to do with an ethnicity. Had nothing to do with a group. Nothing. Just, just completely irrelevant flag. The article in question covered a resolution to fund additional voting machines in Williamson County that failed in the county commission by one vote. Citing the post violated community standards on hate speech, our organization is now in danger of being further restricted or having our page unpublished. Just so you know, we have been capped at like 41,000 followers for months. We used to have more reach than the Tennessee, uh, the Tennessee and the Knott's News Sentinel, Chattanooga Times Free Press, um, the Commercial Appeal, you name it. Any other, any other news publication in Tennessee because we live in a, in a conservative state and people desperately want conservative news. But Facebook does not want conservative news out there, and so they just turn it off. Citing the post was in violation of community standards, according to Meta's standard on hate speech, Facebook doesn't allow content that attacks people because of their race, ethnicity, religion, caste, physical or mental ability, gender, or sexual orientation. We fail to see how this has anything to do with any of that. For two legislative sessions in a row, we have supported bills that would prevent the censorship of all Tennesseans by big tech platforms. Unfortunately, Tennesseans are not guaranteed free speech as lawmakers have unsuccessfully passed legislation protecting free speech on social media platforms, the modern-day public square. Imagine if someone was in the courthouse square, which is where free speech used to happen, or they came and shut down your paper, or they got on the phone and said, I'm sorry, I don't like the conversation. You, you have your AT&T uh, landline access has been cut off. You can't say that on your cell phone. That's what's happening here. It's nothing different. So please, 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 please go to TennesseeConservativeNews.com, hit the subscribe button to get our e-newsletter, and even that thing has terrible deliverability because we have conservative words in there, and it goes to the old trash or spam can, just like a lot of emails I get from Republican organizations. They're not spam. Why they end up in my spam filter, I don't know. Follow us on the platforms where we have not been turned down or banned, like Gab, Getter, Truth, MeWe, Rumble, and Twitter. Twitter, we're we're getting great gains there, and that's where a lot of our uh, state reps and state senators like to lie to people. Uh, and so we go there and tell the truth, and it seems to have an effect. So please do follow us on Twitter and share our content because God knows Facebook is turning it way down, so share it on the other platforms. Next story. Sexual harassment claim expenditures still kept secret as accused representative is expelled. State officials are still denying the public any access to records regarding just how much taxpayer money was spent uh, attempting to rectify the sexual harassment complaint filed against former state representative Scotty Campbell. 
Back in March, the House Ethics Subcommittee determined that Campbell had violated legislative policies by sexually harassing a 19-year-old intern. As a result, the intern was moved from her apartment to a hotel to complete her internship, and all of these things were shipped, her things rather, were shipped back to her home, and it has been said that the total cost was approximately $10,000, including almost $1,000 in cash. Well, that's really good accountability for government cash payments. Cash payments. How does the IRS and the rest of the uh, rest of the uh, thieving, slavery-inducing organizations that tax everything that we do 15 times, even to the grave with property tax, and even after you're retired, feel about cash that is not uh, transparent or reported? Not very good, but, you know, the government just do, do as we say, not as we do. Officials from the Office of Legislative Administration have repeatedly denied requests from the media asking for transparency, claiming the legislature's harassment policy stipulates that strict confidentiality must be maintained. It is worth noting that while the policy does prohibit the release of information regarding victim identification, uh, specific accusations, and disciplinary measures, it does not address whether or not officials are prohibited from leasing information regarding public spending. Questions have arisen as to whether state appropriation laws were actually followed. House Speaker Cameron Sexton has previously stated he had no knowledge of anyone in his office signing off on expense approval, which I do not believe. Nothing happens in either chamber without McNally or Sexton knowing about it. If he didn't know about it, he would have fired the staff that kept it from him. If he was smart. But instead, all of these elected officials just deny, what is that? <laughs> deny, delay, deny, and defend. That's what they do. They delay it, not releasing it to the public. When it comes out, they deny it, and then they defend the denial and the delay. That is the, the three Ds, uh, the three Ds Rhino playbook. Last week, Johnson County Commissioners appointed an interim replacement for Campbell. Former State Representative Timothy Hill returns to serve District 3, where he previously served as a representative from 12 to 20. Hill will hold his position until the special election is held to permanently replace Campbell. All right, guys, now listen. Go listen to my buddy, Mill Creek View Podcast, Tennessee. I was actually on there here recently. Recent episodes include interviews with Stephen uh, friend, FBI whistleblower, and senior fellow at the Center for Renewing America, Joseph Padilla, Wilson County Zone 4 school board member, fresh from his ethic complaints wins, Steve Gill with a tribute to national radio legend Phil Valentine, and don't forget to listen to the ever-popular Steve and Steve segment on every show as host Steve and producer Steve discuss the topics of the day that concern us all. That's what you call Stereo Steve. I think that's what you should call it, Steve. Stereo Steve. I'm just giving you that for free. That is a free moniker. You can hang on there. I think that is better than Steve and Steve. That's just my opinion. Look for Mill Creek View, Mill Creek View rather Tennessee podcast on Rumble and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Got some great Tennessee opinion makers on there. I wish I could be as prolific in my interviewing of people as Steve is. As such, this is all you get most of the time is little old Brandon. I hope it does. I hope it does the job. Next story. Covenant school file motion to intervene and release of Shooter's Manifesto, which is strange to me. Let's get on with it. A light, in light of recent lawsuits requesting release of the Covenant School Shooter's Manifesto, the school and Covenant Presbyterian Church took action earlier this week to prevent the public release of certain information. On Monday, Covenant attorneys filed two motions to intervene, one regarding a lawsuit brought by the Tennessee Firearms Association and another 
uh, lawsuit brought by the Nashville Police Association, the motion requests that the court permit the church and school to protect interests related to the release of records sought by TFA and NPA who are demanding that the personal journals and writings confiscated of the Covenant School shooting's home be released to the public. Now listen, if this protects people that are minors, if this protects the schematic of the school, fine. But that's not really what people are after. People are after, why did she do it? He do it. It do it. She. Why did she do it? Were there drugs involved? Is this whole, uh, I am imagining something I'm not, and I have been psychologically or mentally abused, that that nonsensical, irrational thought is, is being held, and I have been encouraged by that with both society and education and the medical establishment, and therefore what's right, wrong, real, and fake gets all jumbled up, and it leads to things like this, which we have seen that people that identify similarly have recently conducted a lot of mass shootings as a percentage of the population, very small percentage of the population, very large percentage of the sh mass shooters something that should be looked into. That is what people want to look into. They don't want to see the inside of the school. They don't you know, really care about the diagram of how the school or the church is laid out. At least I've not heard anybody saying that. Covenant wrote that releasing uh, all of these written documents may endanger the school students and faculty by providing uh, the public with confidential information. Now, if some of this confidential information turns out to be some of the things that have been said, and if this is personal in nature, which it probably is, if she went to the school, like, I think that needs to be part of the discourse and people just need to know about it. It is horrific and awful. But, it, you know, if you are indeed a follower of Jesus Christ, like, I mean, the truth will set you free, right? Fundamental tenet of Christianity. There's nothing wrong with getting the truth out there. Documents go on to speculate that the confidential information could include things like schematics of school facilities and confidential information about the Covenant School employees and students. TBI Director David Roche has previously described the shooter's written documents as ramblings without a clear motive. I don't know if I believe that. Tennessee House GOP delivered a letter to Metro uh, Nashville Police Chief John Drake on Monday signed by 66 of 74 Republican House members asking that all the shooter's writings and any relevant medical records be released. The state legislature's involvement in this public discourse would seem necessary at this point given Governor Lee's announcement of reneging on his promise to protect your constitutional rights when he ran for office the first time, which is no surprise. At least he's consistent in his hypocrisy. A special legislative session to focus on gun reform, red flag laws, set to begin in August 21st of this year. If I were the House, I wouldn't agree to it. I wouldn't show. There would be no quorum. If I were the Senate, there would be no quorum to, to, to do any of this monkey business. It's going to turn into a media circus, and it's going to continue to give the state of Tennessee and all Republicans a black eye. That's my opinion. Many Tennessee Republicans, 66 of them in exact, would like to have access to as much information as possible concerning the circumstances and motivation before they decide how to legislate the issue if they should do anything. I believe there are probably all the laws on the books that need to be about this. Lawmakers reportedly have no issue with the idea of releasing the documents as redacted for privacy reasons. Good grief. Next story. 
Tennessee Governor Bill Lee signed a pair of bills to continue tax captures. This is special corporate welfare treatment. In order to fund renovations at Memphis's FedEx Forum, a future uh, marketing of Bridgestone Arena, give them bread and circuses, Bill Lee says, at your expense. His buddies at FedEx that get lots of exposure, right? Lots of exposure at taxpayer-funded Nissan Stadium. Lots of exposure at taxpayer funding. We don't have conservative leaders in the House or the Senate uh, or, or the governor's mansion. What we have are corporate shills. Corporate shills. That's what we have. That's what we run on here. Corporate money is what turns the machinery of government in Tennessee. And they do not align with your conservative values, you, uh, lest you be uh, misinformed. The bills come after the state legislature approved $350 million from Lee's budget proposal to send directly to Memphis to fund part of the $684 million in sports facility improvements. Millions and billions for millionaires and billionaires. Plan for the city that renovations of the FedEx form along with renovations to Liberty Stadium, AutoZone Park, and a new soccer stadium. Imagine if some small business that had been slaving away for 40, 50, 20, 30 years here in Tennessee marched up to Bill Lee's office and said, hey, I'd like to put together a softball field in my community and I'd like some of that free tax money. You reckon they'd get a hearing? I reckon they wouldn't. A 2% Shelby County car rental tax that will go uh, toward bonds for the FedEx forum work extended to 2059 in Senate Bill 935, sending an estimated $3.4 million annually to the Shelby County Sports Authority to help pay off the bonds. The fiscal note on the bill states that it allows Memphis to keep an estimated $5 million in state sales tax each year through 2059, and by extending the deal of the Nashville Bridgestone Arena will allow Nashville to keep $7 million in estimated taxes annually for expenses associated with securing current expanded and new events in Bridgestone. Here's the whole deal. Econo economists have shown that tax captures at sports arenas are similar to giving taxpayer funding directly to sports teams because the money spent in those arenas is generally diverted from local spending that would have been spent elsewhere. So, it's for the corporations and it's for the franchises. It ain't for you. Alright, guys. Do help us here at the Tennessee Conservative. Reach that 5% giving level. If you listen to this podcast and you don't contribute financially... Something is wrong with you. I can tell if somebody's a conservative by looking at two things, their calendar and their bank account. When you look at the money that is that flows in to the political pockets in Tennessee of leadership, and we did this with the Follow the Money Report, you see that left-leaning corporations are just about, they are far and above the primary funder, but they're just about the only funder of politicians. And while conservative Christians don't want anything to change and they don't want to lose their rights, they also don't let go of any of their money. Well, those two things cannot exist for long. And so if you want to stem the tide of the creeping communist corporatism that is coming into Tennessee that runs roughshod over your constitutional rights as we continue to feed, clothe, and house these rhinos in the legislature— left-leaning corporate money, you better put your money where your mouth is. Do go to TennesseeConservativeNews.com slash support. We make a real big difference here at the Tennessee Conservative News. We have stopped bad legislation. We've pushed good legislation over the line, and we make it harder every day for rhinos to get reelected because when the truth has legs, but we're the only ones doing this.
So, you know, it, it, we send some reinforcements. Send the cavalry, and you can mail your checks to Tennessee Conservative News. I appreciate all of you who do this. We've got some staunch reporters, reporters, supporters of our reporters who are fantastic, and it's amazing. Oh, by the way, and you can mail those checks to 1523 East 27th Street, Chattanooga, Tennessee, 37404. For those of you who listen but do not watch, that is 1523 East 27th Street, Chattanooga, Tennessee, 37404. Now, I should have put this at the beginning of the podcast, but I'm going to put it here. I'm going to be at Calvary Chapel, Chattanooga, this Sunday. I think it's like 6 or 6.30. Just search online for Calvary Chapel, Chattanooga, and go to their events tab. It's where I go to church. My friend Gary Humble is going to be there with me at this event where we're going to talk to you about what's really going on in Tennessee politics, and I specifically... I'm going to give you some practical steps that you can take to make an effective difference at Calvary Chapel this weekend, Sunday. And old Gary and the family are going to hang out at Casa de Louis for a couple of nights. We get to see my buddy Luke and Gary's beautiful wife, very sweet woman, and I'm excited about it. It's going to be real fun. Um, so if you want to come see us, I'll be out there. Come, come to my church. Come hang out. Sunday, it's at 6 or 6.30. I can't remember. I'm doing this. I'm not going to go back and re-record this. But do, I'm going to put it in the newsletter tomorrow. I'm going to send out a special announcement about it in the morning. I'm going to put it on all the social media channels. But Calvary Chapel, that's where I'm going to be. So if you want to come by and say hello, I would love to see you. It's right down the road from my house. So please do join us. And please do support us. Now listen, I forgot to do this part. Let me move on with it. When you give any amount, you get this Stop Feeding the Rhinos bumper sticker. You get this Don't California My Tennessee bumper sticker. We will send you a directory uh, minus Scotty Campbell (laughs) Uh, of all your state reps and state senators so you can call them when they try to do the the bidding of the corporate overlords and the uh, lobbyists up there, which is primarily the, the only thing that gets done. And we will send you this Stop Feeding the Rhinos uh tumbler and we'll also send you this proud tennessee conservative koozie if you give fifty dollars or more or a ten dollar donation that is recurring monthly or more and if it weren't for you recurring donors out there we would not exist and sometimes i, I just get some worn out <laughs> doing this on the side that i need all the financial encouragement i can get last year as i may have mentioned previously uh, I worked probably 750 to 1,000 hours on this, and we made negative $3,000. So please do send your support. All right. Lee signs teacher pay increase and an end to automatic dues payments. Bill Lee signed a bill that would raise the minimum wage for K-12 through teachers and end the collection of dues for professional employee organizations as an automatic payroll withdrawal. The minimum teacher pay will increase uh, incrementally from the current 40000 to 50000 for the 2026 to 2027 school year by bumping the minimum to forty two in the fall and forty four five the next year and continuing to rise. Bill sponsors argue that the Tennessee Education Association is a political organization and public entities should not be collecting their dues. Amen. That just goes to show you how incestuous and corrupt our government education is, is the fact that this ever happened anyway, because the TEA is nothing but a left-leaning Democrat operation machine the TA uh, donated $529,000 to candidates in the 2018 election cycle 
and had assets of 11.5 million with 9.2 million in revenue and 10.9 million in expenses that year. Americans for Prosperity Tennessee State Director Tory Venable, one of my friends, said the Paycheck Protection Act will increase teacher salaries and prevent automatic deductions from their paychecks. We thank Governor Lee for putting these proposals forward and every member of the legislature who voted to prioritize students and teachers over unions. Now listen, all this is great, but to me it's kind of like, um, and I, I'm all for paying teachers, but here's the thing, only 53% of funding makes it into the classroom. The easiest way to increase teachers' pay is to cut down all this administrative bureaucracy and all of these BS programs and bloat and waste that we have in education and put it in the teacher's pocket to reduce class size so that kids get a better education. Now, if you ran a restaurant and that restaurant had no accountability for the quality of the food or the service or the cleanliness of the restaurant, there's no accountability. And whether you serve the world's best meal in the best environment and in the most wonderful atmosphere or if you serve the sloppiest, grossest mess and a pile of filth, if the pay was still the same regardless. Just magically increasing people's pay does not change the output of the service. Put another way, throwing money at a broken system over and over again without any consequences and without any market pressure doesn't change anything. That's why we've been staring basically the exact same situation in the face for 40 or 50 years. I doubt this will have any change whatsoever in the quality or the standardized test scores of any of these kids or the client, a.k.a. parent satisfaction. My opinion. Yours may vary. Tennessee Commission on Children and Youth Report shows one in five kids live in poverty. Nearly one in five Tennessee children live in poverty, a measure of well-being that varies sharply by geography and rural Lake County, for example. The number of children living below the poverty line is double the state average. Meanwhile, in wealthy Williamson County, fewer than 4% of children are being raised under such economic strains. The data released Tuesday by the Tennessee uh, Commission on Children and Youth paints an uneven portrait of Tennessee's children in county-by-county -county snapshots that also measured the rates of low birth weight babies, educational outcomes, child care costs, child abuse, and family circumstances. County poverty rates coincide with other stressors facing families and children. The 10 counties with the highest rates of poverty for kids also are among those with the greatest rates of low birth weight, child care cost burdens, and food insecurity. Among the top 10 counties for child poverty are Shelby and Davidson, Memphis and Nashville, now, I thought the Democrats had this stuff all under control. They had all the solutions, yet their local governance does not seem to be producing any better results, and in fact worse, than the ones that are red. Curious. Same goes with the educational outcomes of the government schools in those areas. Small population counties of Haywood, Hardeman, and Madison counties in West Tennessee and Campbell in Eastern Tennessee also have outsized numbers of poor children. A child living in the lowest-performing county was half as likely... To be proficient in TCAP reading compared to the state average. The disparities also extend to rates of child abuse and neglect. Clay County had the highest rates of substantiated abuse or neglect at nearly 34 per 1,000 kids. Moore County had the lowest at 0 0.8 per 1,000. The report is released annually by the Commission, an independent state-funded entity responsible for providing objective analysis and serving as a watchdog for the Department of Children's Services. Well, buddy, that must be a full-time job. Earlier this year, the commission survived an attack 
backed by the administration of Governor Bill Lee to dissolve it after it released a critical report on DCS. Billy don't like bad news. Allergic to the truth as well. Next story, good news segment. Billy signs bill re restricting foreign ownership of Tennessee land. Do not forget that Gary Hicks gaveled this down without any discussion, and it's amazing that it came back to life and was passed. Governor Bill Lee officially signed into law measures that restrict foreign ownership of property within the borders of Tennessee on May 11, 2023. With this new law in place, foreign entities and individuals will not be able to purchase real estate in this state if they reside in a county currently sanctioned by the U.S. government. Right now, there are a total of 38 counties, countries rather, in the U.S. sanctioned in the programs by country list. The House version of this bill, House Bill 40, was sponsored by Representative Jay Reedy, and Senate bill was sponsored by Senator Frank Nicely. Governor Lee officially signed the bill into law on Thursday of last week, and it will take effect July 1, 2023, at which time every non-resident alien foreign business or foreign government or an agent, trustee, or fiduciary thereof who owns an interest in real property in the state will have a period of 60 days from the date of the property purchase to register said property with the state secretary back that reverse it as Willie Walker would say Secretary of State additionally this law is not retroactive meaning it will not apply to any real property purchased and or held before it goes into effect alright guys do go subscribe to this podcast now if you didn't hit the subscribe button if you have not given us a 5 star review and you appreciate this puppy please do it helps other people find us I'm always amazed and baffled that people actually do find us as much as they try to turn us down censor us and silence us through google searches we can't get designated as an official news outlet even though there are all kinds of left-wing rags that print scurrilous nonsense facebook turns us down turns us off but somehow some way people still find us i mean people go out and look for search for conservative news the ones that are interested and motivated which isn't everybody or most people actually a very small minority but I'm glad when they find us. Do remember Calvary Chapel this weekend. Sunday evening, 6 or 6.30, I don't know. Go to, just go into Google, type in Calvary Chapel, Chattanooga. It's the one on Broad Street. Broad Street in St. Elmo. It's in Chattanooga, but it's the St. Elmo area. And I'll be there with Gary Humble, my buddy. And we're going to be talking some truth. You tell the truth, it'll cost you. It'll cost you money. It'll cost you um, personal prestige. It'll cost your reputation in certain circles. But if you look biblically, if you look at the prophets, if you look at the apostles, if you look at the, the folks that the Lord Almighty decided to uh, remind us of their stories and set them up as examples, they typically had hard times of it, and it was almost always because they told the truth to power. Tell the truth to power. See how it goes. What else we got, guys? This weekend. Weekend update. What's the Lewis family doing this weekend? Most exciting part of this podcast, right? This weekend. Friday night. What's going on Friday night? I hope nothing. Friday, which is tomorrow. I'm doing this on Thursday. Today, as I record this. I'm going to uh, be in charge of a three-legged race. And I have to bring nine neckties, and I do have nine old neckties, 
uh, at the house for my daughter's field day, which I do enjoy going to. I enjoyed field day a ton when I was younger. It's like one of my favorite days. I was really good at the potato sack race. Very good at the potato sack race. So, too bad that's not a professional sport. I might have been able to compete in that, although somebody taller probably would have done better. And so I get to go do that. Friday night, I'd have to pull out my phone. I don't think we got anything Friday night. I got to work on my remarks on Saturday, and I got a few other things. Uh, we're going to go to church Saturday night, and then I have a friend of mine uh, who was a business coach of mine for several years who I credit in many ways of helping me get my business up off the ground, my second big business, the Painters Academy is running the Iron Man, and he comes every year, and every year I try to stop by and see him. He lives in Florida. And then we're going to move on to church at 6 o'clock and stop and see him at 4. And then Sunday, I guess I'm just going to loaf around the house until Gary shows up. I think Gary's coming over to my house at 3 o'clock, and we're going to have a late lunch, early dinner, and then we're going to roll down the mountain uh, kids in tow, and we're going to tell the folks of Chattanooga the truth as we see it, and we hope, 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 hope that God gives us the strength and the wisdom um, to do what he would prefer for us to do and say what he would prefer for us to say. And that is a, uh, a big job for a broken vessel, right? That's how we all feel. You just got to do your best. Make your list, do your best, let the Lord sort out the rest. That's what I say. Sometimes I believe it and sometimes I don't. <laughs> All right, guys. I appreciate you listening to me. Um, do share this podcast with other people you know. Say, hey, I know you're really interested in politics. You watch Fox News, OEN, and you know every time Joe Biden does something, every time Donald Trump says something, you know every conspiracy on the face of the earth, many of which have come true, some of which will not. But for some reason, somehow, some way, you don't know anything about what's going on in your state government because nobody reports on it from a conservative perspective. There's a little dude, if you can get past his nasally accent and his weirdness, who talks about Tennessee news. You might want to listen to him. His name's Brandon Lewis. Just forward it to it. Text it to them. Send out an email blast. And I'm going to try to send out a comprehensive email of everywhere I'm going to be this summer around Tennessee. I am going to make it, I do believe, out to West Tennessee. For those of you who are fans of West Tennessee uh, conservatism, it's hard when you got Memphis weighing you down out there. Some of you may be in and around Memphis. But I'm going to be on the road. I'm going to be in Middle Tennessee, East Tennessee, and West Tennessee. And I'm done putting stuff on the calendar unless it's really close and convenient. So if you didn't get in, don't ask. So I probably can't make it. I'd be careful, you know. This is a volunteer gig. And I spend more time on the road from a volunteer gig than my paying gig by far. So you just got to be careful with that stuff, right? Got to prioritize. Sometimes I get a little lopsided, a little tunnel vision. Got to be pulled back, pulled back into what really matters, right? We all do that. Guys, I love you. Appreciate you. I'm glad you're here. I'll leave you with this. There's an old Oak Ridge Boys song, and I may have said this before, and occasionally I repeat myself, and it's because I don't really study or listen to what I've said previously because I don't have the time.
There's an old Oak Ridge Boys song called uh, Trying to Love Two Women is Like a Ball and Chain. I don't know if that's the exact title of it. And it, you know, says, Trying to love two women is like a ball and chain. Trying to love two women is like a ball and chain. I can't hit that high part. I did actually interview Joe Bonson one time. One has the money. The other has my heart. It's a long, long ride. And it tires your mind. So that's how it's like running the Tennessee Conservative. It has my heart in many respects, not all. In many respects, not all. Uh, but the Painters Academy has the money. <laughs> so i got to be careful to pay attention to that. But I do love coming on here and telling you about the news. Uh, in a way, nobody else does it. Primarily because nobody else does it. <laughs> All right, guys, enough rambling. Enough rambling out of the little short man from Chattanooga. Actually, Signal Mountain now, I suppose. Be good. Have a great weekend. I hope to see you Sunday at Calvary Chapel. Come out, shake my hand, say hello. I did get to meet a very nice group of people at the Tennessee Republican Assembly in Nashville last time I got out and about, and I hope to meet some more nice people uh, I, I go work my booth. I stay at the front of the area. I try to work the crowd and say hello to everybody before these things. I don't hide back in a green room. I like to say hello to folks because uh, I'm just like you. I'm just out here trying to help. And so uh, come say hello to me. Take care, guys. See you soon. Talk to you next week on the Big 7. You know where we'll be. Bye-bye.